Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I've had some crazy commission requests where I've even turned them down. Like this uh, billionaire in Texas was like, I shot a lion. Could you graffiti on my lion? What? And I was like. Wait, wait, wait. What? (laughs) Wait, before. Well, how much? Hey guys, welcome back to Impulse of the number one podcast in the world. Thank you guys for listening, watching, viewing, and subscribing. Got a special guest today, ladies and gentlemen, to my right is Alec Monopoly. Wow, let's go. He's here wow. in the studio. <laughs> you saw the pre-roll, you saw the intro. Uh, not 30 minutes ago, he was painting, or I mean, yeah, you graffiti. How would you what would you call that art? Graffitiing? Painting? I would say painting. Painting. You're painting an impulsive logo, ex Alec Monopoly. Uh, you're my neighbor, good friend. So happy to have you on, on Impulsive, bro. Thank you for oh, having God. me. Do you mind if your dog eats your bird again? Because uh, he's dead set on it. I'm I'm sorry, <laughs> Maverick. I couldn't I couldn't have stopped it that the sucks. first time. And- that sucks. Well, bro, good to have you on, man. How Thank are you. you? I'm good. I'm good. Good. This is your first podcast ever. Yes, ever. first podcast. Why Why is that? I'm I'm actually curious. It just never felt right. Really? They, I've been uh, I've had a lot of DMs from big people with podcasts. I will fly you here or there. But uh, being your friend, I just felt like it wouldn't be right doing a podcast with someone else. I <laughs> Thank don't know. It's you. like cheating. You or would, it, it is cheating. It is cheating. <laughs> and, uh, no, bro, I, I appreciate that. And, and I remember before I became your friend hearing about you. And you've always been a little enigmatic. You know, like mm-hmm. I think it's good that people don't fully get to dive into your brain. And, and you kind of keep them on their toes. It's something about like access to people. Yeah. And, and it works of, really well for artists. One of the 48 laws of power is is actually uh, scarcity and making it and keeping yourself scarce. So like not not being around, like showing up only when needed. And it, it creates an illusion of, of uh, inaccessibility. And I think that that was something that you did a really good job of in your, you know, first coming up years. And and I think it was a part of it was, was blocking the face and no yeah. one knew who you were. Mm-hmm. What, what's the uh, background between trying to keep that, that, uh, uh, anonymity? Well, it's kind of like, uh, <laughs> where did that come anonymity. from? Anonymity. Anon- anonymity. <laughs> no, no. Being anonymous. anonymous. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like kind of a part of graffiti. Like there's so many graffiti artists that are still anonymous, say Banksy. I don't know. There's a lot of guys and it's basically to give you, give you the freedom to paint on whatever you want, mm. illegal spots, these spots. So, so for for many years, I was anonymous because I was doing a lot of graffi- illegal graffiti. Yeah. Everyone forgets that it's illegal. You know, like when you're doing it outside, yeah. you actually sometimes break the law to yeah. get the, to get these murals up. And you have murals everywhere, dude. Yeah. Now that I'm your friend, I like pay attention to it more, and I see the areas you've traveled to paint these massive murals. <laughs> I was with you in New York one time. You invited yeah. me. Uh, 3 a.m. Does it always have to be at night? If if that one was a a, a legal one, correct? It was a gray area on the law, but we were okay. <laughs> so so do you ha- always have to go at night? Like, were you really were you sneaking in, breaking doors down, hopping fences and confession? shit? David, she's here. <laughs> it's like we're wired. Come on, speak to us. What? Uh, how'd you get in and out? <laughs> Ingrid, I'm gonna have someone come and come out and grab you right now. Sure. Perfect. All right. Thank you. <laughs> 
like I told you, Alec, our podcasts are pretty light, pretty pretty relaxed. Yeah, I mean, it all kind of started for me in uh, in New York, and I was like going crazy with graffiti in New York. Mm. I have, you know, a very addictive personality. I love the rush of it, so I was just tagging everywhere in New York, and I kind of really overdid it. And uh, the New York Police Department was like really out for me. They had, uh, I think, even the mayor found out about it. It was like Bloomberg at the time. And they sent out a task force to like get me basically. Yeah. And this was in the beginning of my my art career. Like I had just had uh, I had just locked in this big collector. I'd never sold any artwork before. So he was like, "We're gonna fly you out to New York, and mm -hmm. I want to buy thirty pieces." So as I'm creating the works in the space in Chelsea, I'm graffitiing everywhere. And this is a space that's in the arts district of Chelsea. I papered up the windows so you couldn't see in. Mm. So uh, so I was doing graffiti everywhere. I was tagging, and I'm not even gonna say the places. And then the genius idea was that the paper on the wall, I should graffiti on that and turn it around. So like, uh, you know, it's uh, a piece uh, in the studio, yeah. which immediately, like a couple hours later, like four cops showed up to the studio to, and they were like, they, I could tell they were undercovers cause they had like the hidden gun. They're like, is uh, is Alec Monopoly here? Like is the artist here? I was, and I was like cleaning up. I, I, randomly I had a broom and I was just like, no, I don't know. You know, I just work here. I'm just no cleaning. Way. I'm just You're cleaning. fucking Batman. I'm just cleaning. And then they're like, okay, uh, we'll be back. So after that, I was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Wow. So, so I bounced and uh, I didn't even go to my first art show. It was my first gallery show and I didn't even go because the police were there waiting and then they came into the show. Oh so, my God, to so, buy art. <laughs> yeah, exactly because they're fans <laughs> so the police came into the show and uh and then it was like world it was like world news it was featured in all the newspapers and that's kind of where my career took off is because the nypd came into my art show and was trying to arrest me dude shout out nypd yeah that, thank you guys that's you're, impressed, you're a fugitive yeah. that's amazing yeah, yeah. you were running from that you're a real criminal yeah they finally got up to me i mean you never get away from these guys but. no that's true that's true don't break the law kids yeah that's, i feel like you had to say that like you're impressed okay listen when you're on the podcast just admit that they'll get to you yeah exactly <laughs> they got me so it's okay no but you also i mean you got them you know they they uh they spawned a career and it's funny how some careers can like start out of yeah, controversy. I bet, I bet then was it scary or did you realize that that could, that was about to be the beginning? Oh my God. It was like one of the scariest moments of my life. I mean, at one point when they showed up, like, cause they came and then left and then I was sneaking into the studio to try to finish the works for the art show. Oh my God. So they were monitoring the show. So there was like an undercover guy who was out front mm. and I met this girl randomly because I guess like the paper was only so high but if you lived above across the street you could see, see down it, into yeah, the paper yeah. and I thought no one could see so I'd be in my boxers like with my girlfriend oh, like yo I was like oh. all types of weird shit was happening in there <laughs> and then finally this girl comes up to me she's like she was like you know I live across the street and I can see down into your studio and and she was like she was like by the way like uh if you need it like I see what the cops are doing like I can be your lookout and call Oh my God. When, the, when they if, come. For one painting. Because they were like, a, there was like an undercover cop always outside, but they would go and leave. So she would let me know. When, and then she was like, by the way, my dad is like the governor of Vermont. I'm like, what? <laughs> You're like, thanks so much. Next, cool. time I, next time I go skiing at Killington, I'll give them like, what the fuck am I going to do with that? Hello, <laughs> Vermont. Are you there? <laughs> so hey, that's wild. So she would call me when the undercover cop would be gone. So like I want, when I'd have like an hour window, I'd sneak in and like sign the pieces and try to finish them up. So uh, one day I went in there to go finish them and, uh, and like five cop cars surrounded the place. And 
they were like coming to get me because they, I guess they knew I was there yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So I literally, there was a garbage chute that I could climb through <laughs> that I climbed through to go out the back and then Wait, I bounced is, that way. Oh my this God. is serious. <laughs> Dude, when you're sliding down a garbage chute, I think yeah. that's a, definitely a moment where you're like, yeah. something's, I did, so, took a wrong turn. That happened in the last, that happened in the last rock movie. No, well, I, I'm not going to say where I painted, but I painted on a very <laughs> special place that was a very special thing. Statue to the, of Liberty? To the, no, the Washington <laughs> Monument. To the mayor of New York at that time. So I pissed off the big boss. So he was like, get let's this, get, let's this, get this motherfucker. Let's, let's get this guy. Can can you give a little bit of context for people out there watching that don't or aren't familiar with your your portfolio of work? Like, um, wh who are some of the the higher profile people that you've sold pieces to, and and what are what's what's the price range for one of your for one of your uh, commission pieces look like? Well, I mean, so many people have my work, but the first big celebrity to buy my work was Seth Rogen. And it, at that moment, I had a website connected to PayPal. Like you could just buy, like I was just doing graffiti. I was selling prints of my work, not even canvas for like 200 bucks. And I saw like in the PayPal, like I'm not going to say his email, but like Seth Aaron, I was like, wait, is this the Seth Rogen? Yeah. He was like, yes, it is the, I'm like, <laughs> come over and, you know, pick up the piece. And it was so funny because at the time I was living with this photographer, my mentor, uh, Michel Comte, and he had like the biggest mansion in Beverly Hills. And I was just like, like Cato Kalian, like living in the back yeah, and like yeah. making the painting. So he came to pick up the piece and I, I'll, I'll never forget like Seth Rogen coming. He's like, Wow! Look, I should become a graffiti artist. <laughs> oh, so it was actually so it was actual Arnold. It was Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I'm like, dude, this guy laughs just like in the movies. That's great. And then I took him to the basement, and we were there smoking weed. And then like the owner of the house, the, the my mentor, like hated weed and shit. But I was like with Seth Rogen. He was just like, stop smoking down there. And like, oh, Seth's he didn't like, care. No, the oh, owner no, of the no, house no, no, hated no, 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 he did, weed. He did care. But I was like, I'm with Seth. Like, I can't say no. Right, yeah, obviously. spark it up. You see his uh, his rolling tray that he. Invented? It looks amazing. Yeah, no, he's killing it with the. Is that a, is that a product? Do we know if he's selling that? Yeah, yeah he does. Uh, yeah, I he think does. he sells them like one of a con like you can yeah. buy. They're not like uh, mass produced. That dude smokes like a chimney. Like that he dude is. He smokes some. I asked him uh, a, a few months ago on like a, a thing that we did together. I was like, when was the last time you weren't high? And his answer was like, I think it was like, David, what did he say? It was like a decade or something like that. Oh, when he was in Singapore. And if you get caught with weed there, they kill you. So he's like, I couldn't smoke. Um, but he's like, I can't remember any whoa. other time besides that that I wasn't high in the past like 20 years. Wow. I always forget the other countries like look at marijuana like yes, a really yeah. bad drug. Yeah. That's crazy. So, all right. So don't be too humble. <laughs> who, who else? Who, who else um, owns your shit? Dude? And then the next big guy was um, Nobu, the owner of all the restaurants, mm -hmm. came over. And this was all happening in this mansion house I was living in the basement of. What, what year is this, by the way? This was 13, like 2008, 12, 2009. Oh, and then he brought my work to Robert De Niro. <laughs> and then De Niro Damn. put my piece in his office in Tribeca, which was like, like all the biggest bosses of bosses. If you're in De Niro's office yeah. and you see Alec Monopoly portrait of him from Taxi Driver with the yep, Mohawk. Yeah. Wow. So, was uh, he like this? I love it. <laughs> no, it's the it's the one where he it. he he just like shoots with the mo. He's got the yeah, mohawk, and he's got right? the blood all over yeah, his face. Uh, so it was that portrait. Sick. So uh, after that, it was just like after I got De Niro, like obviously a bunch of other celebrities yeah. collected my work. But I, after De Niro, what do you give a shit? Like, <laughs> what is the, the second part of that of that question yeah. was how, how much is a commission piece going for mm. these days? Um, around you know like seventy five k to like one hundred and fifty for like. You know, the right size. Gotcha. Depends what you want. Like, I've had some crazy commission requests where I've even turned them down. Like, this uh, billionaire in Texas was like, I shot a lion. Could you 
graffiti all my life. What? And I was like, wait, 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 what? Like, what? Wait, before, well, how much? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's a price. For and, and the hair, I don't know if it, if I, it would work. He's I'm like, sure. logistically, I just, I don't understand. He wanted you to tag his taxidermy lion. <laughs> yes. And so you won't do that. No. What I, else, what else really won't you do or tag? Um... I think that's about, I mean, the lion was where I drew the big line. game. Yeah. It's never too early to start gift shopping for the holidays, especially because today you can save big on a gift they'll use every day. Raycon wireless earbuds with seamless Bluetooth pairing and a comfortable noise isolating fit. You can start listening right away and keep listening for hours. The audio quality is amazing, comparable to what you get from other premium brands, except Raycon starts at half the price. The new everyday earbuds come with three new sound prof profiles to make sure everything you've listening to sounds the best with just the right amount of bass. Raycon offers eight hours of playtime in a 32-hour battery life. And there's also a built-in mic and you can take calls on your earbuds at the press of a button. So this holiday season, get them something they can use for calls or music, for work or play, at home or on the go. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Go to buyraycon.com slash Logan today to unlock exclusive deals up to 20% off Raycon order. But hurry, this offer is available for a limited time only, and you don't want to miss it. That's buyraycon.com slash Logan to unlock 20% off your Raycons. Back to the program. It, it also yeah. seems like anything that won't like support a, a positive uh, outcome. We when Before the episode started, we asked you to uh, use a piece of wood as opposed to the wall, and you said it was too porous, yeah. and it wouldn't have come out right. So like- even if the price is right, it seems like your your work is so value, valuable to you that you won't do it unless it's going to produce the, the right outcome. Is that is that the case? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I just have to feel comfortable with the situation. And, uh, you know, I don't want to close any doors or hurt anybody, you know. It is interesting watching you create and, and watching you make decisions as an, a true artist through and yeah. through. I, I don't I'm not I you're the only like artist painter friend of mine. And so it's cool to watch you like. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. On holiday, there's nothing like doing nothing. As an Expedia member, you can save up to 30% when you add a hotel to your flight so you can go out there with great ambition to do absolutely nothing for less. Expedia, made to travel. Not paint a piece because um, I, I, I've seen you uh, turn things down because people will have you paint something or sign something and then yeah. go and sell it and flip yeah. it for you know thousands of dollars. Even, even that impulsive sign out there, like if he painted that, someone could come in here Oh, we could sell it, it for sure. We could sell it, bro. 100%. Like I'm, I'm probably gonna take the wall that you painted. <laughs> well, you should definitely take the cardboard garbage that I was doing the rough sketches oh, and showing cool. you. And that's a, uh, that's a nice piece. Oh, that's there. cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make a couple <laughs> thousand off. <laughs> it's in the garbage. What's Yes the yesterday when he was working? I, I saw you working on this piece. Of, I'm, I'm not gonna mention because it's between you and your work. But 
Every time you added something to it, I kept, in my head, I go, no, 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 stop, stop here, stop here, it's perfect. And then you would add one more thing, and I'd be like, oh, that needed that. I didn't know that needed that. I'd go, okay, enough, done. And then you add one more, I was like, son of a bitch. He knows what The guy's good. The guy's good. You you taught me how to paint, too. You like teaching? Yeah. Or you tried to? I'm no, not, not at all. I don't like teaching. But you're you're a very special person. Oh, so, thank you. you know. Thank you. Well, you are a very good teacher, because <laughs> I walked into your house at... 3 a.m. last night with no idea how to be a DJ, and you quite literally taught me how to wow. use uh, Pioneer turntables last night, and it changed my life. You didn't, you didn't fuck up once. Uh, you were actually it was, pretty good. He was great. He was I'm really good. Talk shit, no, dude. Honestly, you were doing I, really good. <laughs> I forgot that he wasn't a DJ. I was like, the music is just on, and it was really good. And I also, I got to make fun of both of you, yeah, because. I fucking came back to LA and I was like, Alex, teach me how to DJ, guys. I might be a DJ for a little bit. And both you fucking laughed at me. Well, because and now, he, and now, now he has the bug. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to say this. No, I've heard you DJ. And let me tell you something. I'd rather you go into BJ because that shit fucking sucks. You were like, Whoa. Boom, 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 boom. But that was the first time I've ever just, heard him. He's just, you might be good now. But I left. I left the house because I, I was like, I can't hear the same song over and over. I left, took a shower, took a shit, shaved, came back. I was like, change the fucking tune, bro. Well, Logan, change it. Logan likes going to space in Miami. You know, he likes that kind of tunes. But I, the reason I laughed originally is because, you know, you have you have multiple uh, other avenues that are that are so, uh, you know, beneficial, boxing and, and, and all these different things. And like, I'm always looking for something that I really, Really enjoy doing i love music that's that's i think the difference you know what i'm saying like i really do all the songs you had on your yeah. on your thing i knew so you just started this this dj thing when did you start that well i <laughs> i know it was you just started so you just it, hyped but yourself <laughs> up and then passed the mic you're like yeah, i'm so fucking good at this shit man this is real all those songs i fucking knew it anyways about you bro when'd you start this? that was that generally was what you're supposed odd. to do I don't, it was i'm trying to get odd. off of myself he and goes back to the he guest. said he said he's like damn i'm lit you just started this when'd you start <laughs> when did you start because i'm just good within a few hours bro how long have you been fucking doing this <laughs> you're you're performing at live Yes, on Saturday. Are you excited about that? Yeah, I'm excited. I get I get very nervous. It's uh, and honestly, I like getting nervous. It's like a new feeling. Like obviously, in the beginning, when I was doing art shows and gallery shows, I would always be nervous about it because I'm so passionate about it. Yeah. So it's nice to have something new that, that I'm nervous about. That I'm like mm. excited. Oh, that oh. is cool. And then after you have like this gratitude, like after you kill it, and everyone's like, "Oh, best set." Yeah. Like you have this rush of gratitude as well. So. I'm nervous, but I know after it's gonna. Have you well, opened I up hope. to the world on how you do your set? Is that, are we allowed to talk about that? Yeah, I mean, I just kind of honestly, I put like I have so many different playlists from different places I played. I was talking about how you 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 graffiti while you're doing. Your oh, set. that yeah. I mean, it's 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 real hard work, bro. That's because he I told me not stop thinking he, about he, it. He, he, he really said after an hour, an hour, he's he's that? exhausted. Yeah, like basic. Okay, so basically. My plan of this when I do it is I do a drawing uh, like beforehand. So I kind of know because you don't have time to think of what am I going to paint. So you have a plan of the canvas. And then so I put on the first track, you know, obviously a banger because everyone's excited. And then I start like spray painting on it. I know and I do all the spray paint in the beginning. It's a cheat code. <laughs> it's a cheat code. And, uh, you know, as I go, like, I don't drink before I start, like, uh, painting. You're the first DJ to ever do that. And then once the <laughs> painting is going, then I start doing some shots, and then I start getting in the zone, and then... And, and then, I love how much you're so into your art that you're like, I gotta do the sober. Yeah. No, there's no way to be drunk and making a painting and mixing it. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that, Logan? Huh? Can't be drunk. 
Uh, I'm not interested anymore. Towards the end of your set, you can, <laughs> honestly, I've DJed where I'm like, I don't know like if I could ever drive a car or a vehicle, but I don't know how I'm driving this technology. You know what mm -hmm, I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. you it, can, it, it is a lot. Um, the reason I was so bad that particular night was because of, oh, you're fucked up. because I was inebriated. Yeah, and so, yeah. And that was the, that was the, actually Alec, the first time I learned, I was like, damn. I, I, I kind of would rather be the, like the one enjoying the music, yeah. not the one curating it. Oh, so you don't want to be a DJ? Anymore. It's not that. It's just like I, I noticed I was I, I'd be DJing and everyone else is having fun, and I'm like, damn, that looks like no. But that's but that's one of those things. Like, there's certain people in the world that just get off on curating an experience for people at a party. Yeah. Like, bro, like you know those dudes when you go on their boat and they're like. You know the sandwiches are over there. The, this song's <laughs> yeah. playing. Like if you want to use the 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 jet ski, it's out yeah. back. Like there are people that literally just get off on on showing people mm. the best possible time. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah. Your Middle parents, your parents yeah, are they totally come, like come that. Eat. Here, yeah. have this. Yeah, love that. They're like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> we we figured out what love love that was by the way. Lebna? Lebna. It's uh it's Lugna. It's uh skeeter 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 skeeter. Oh, the yogurt? It's, it's, it's Icelandic yogurt. Oh, it's, shit. It's, it's tart. I don't know. I just, I, I, just <laughs> fucking, I don't know. I, I, Every I'm, culture adopts something and then they claim it as theirs. <laughs> like we just I'm, add a little <laughs> into it. They're like, <laughs> and it's like, all right, I guess it's ours now. But it is cool to watch you go from artist to DJ. I saw you do that in less than a month. In less than <laughs> one month, it went from like, damn, bro, I've been, you know, I've been DJing for, for a little bit now. And are you, are you going to lean into it? I mean, what are you going to be? A, a DJ artist? Both? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny because it's ironic because people are like, so like, are you DJing more and not painting? I'm like, dude, I'm creating a three by foot, three by four foot canvas while I'm DJing. So <laughs> <laughs> the productivity is actually going up yeah. because I'm, you know, pressured into making this huge piece very yeah. quickly yeah. within a two hour window of a DJ set. And I'm very blessed that I have an exclusive agreement with my gallery where the, the painting's already sold, which- <laughs> Wait, wait, talk, it's already about, gone. talk about this deal with your gallery. How does, how does this work? So basically I did a five-year exclusive agreement. Basically the art world is, uh, it's like, it's politics and it's a, it's a fucking headache because before this I was hustling, you all oh, come to dinner with my rich friend. He might buy a piece or meet this guy. And you're doing all this bullshit work of meeting people Networking. when you should be thinking about yeah. creating. Mm -hmm. So now the gallery basically controls the market. So there's only one funnel of where the paintings are coming from. So there's not two galleries. There's not a gallery, uh, different brand gallery in uh, London and different brand in New York that are fighting to get the sale. Mm. So they're lowering the price. It's your exclusive broker. So if you have one guy, he has the set price, there's nowhere else to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. No one's fighting each other. There's no competition. Cool. So we control the market. Mm -hmm. So it's it's in Colorado, yeah? The, the actual, the- no, they're, uh, they're everywhere. They're, they're in New York, Aspen, London, Paris. But Aspen's- Aspen does very They're well. They're the big buyer, right? Or the big no, New York is the, New York and Dubai, I'd say Dubai we do oh, the wow. best. Wow. What about Chicago? Does Chicago buy or no? I think we don't have a gallery there, but I'm sure people from Chicago oh, buy. Okay. But it's interesting. Yeah, they're, 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 um, they're watching how scarce your pieces are and, and I guess regulating uh, the market, which is that easier on your part? Like you don't have to worry about where your paintings are going and being, um, you know, too exposed. Yeah, I mean, uh, financially it's amazing and the deal is great, but at the same time, it's kind of fun putting on shows and like seeing them sell, like, oh, this one sold, that one. 
they're already now with this contract, they're already all sold. The ah. second I make the painting, it's already sold. So I don't know if it's sold right away or I don't know. You know, I just make it and it's already sold. So it's kind of a dream come true. I'm not complaining about, <laughs> yeah. you know, like every piece I make is already sold. But, yeah. you know, um, I'm I'm blessed. So I'm yeah. very grateful. For I, that. When we were hanging out this morning, I really, really do. And I was talking to Logan about this this morning. Uh, you're a very grateful human being. And I'm so happy that you're blessed. But I, I'm also really happy that you are you're is where you're at right now because literally, bro, you're you're, you're painting money. You're painting <laughs> that is, money. That is hilarious. You are painting money. People are like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. you can't print money, but you fucking can paint it. You can't print money, but you can paint it. And uh, just seeing the way you talk about life and everything, dude, I'm really I'm really proud of you, and I'm actually very excited. Bro, you should Thank suck you. his dick. Um, <laughs> well, hold on, you guys DJ, I, I DJ. So uh, <laughs> no, 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 you're right. You I, this kid brought the whole fucking squad coffee before yeah, before no, our legend, podcast bro. that he's the guest on the guest <laughs> brought we us coffee to. that we were yeah, he was to. already here yeah. sitting down hey you guys coming you guys want coffee i can get out of here and get you guys coffee <laughs> no but it's it's a it is a humbling experience being your friend um and then obviously you came down to puerto rico to create did you find that the noise everywhere else was uh distracting as an artist yeah i mean it's just crazy. If you look at my work before I moved to Puerto Rico and after, it's like night and day. Really? Would, I, I swear, it's so different. Like before, I was just like, all right, like I got to finish this piece. I'm going to lunch at, uh, mm. down in Beverly Hills with mm -hmm. the, or, or there's just a party, whatever. Here, I'm like, there's no one like, okay, like <laughs> you're, you'll stop by and say hi, <laughs> yeah. but I, I'm still working. Yeah. And you have that time to look at the piece over and over again because there's, you know, there's nothing else to do but work on yourself work on your career, work on your art. So yep. I think I've become a better person, uh, you know, better artist, definitely that's, better boyfriend. That's sick. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Because I've been isolated. I've found myself being a better boyfriend. You know? It's I like there's, no, it's like there's no other girls to talk to, literally. <laughs> so I can't fuck it up. And if your dick won't make up its mind, we've got Blue Chew for you today. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Say it with us. Blue, Blue Chew. Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom by offering chewable tablets that can help men get stronger and longer lasting erections. That's right. About a couple, a pop a couple right now. <laughs> Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets help men achieve harder, stronger erections to combat all forms of ED. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so that means no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversation. Get... <laughs> conversations and no waiting in line at the pharmacy and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. Here's a special deal for our listeners. Try bluechew free when you use our promo code Logan at checkout, just pay $5 shipping. That's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. Promo code Logan to receive your first month free. We thank Blue Chew and we're back to the podcast. Can we can we go back a little bit and talk about the, the culture that's involved in your pieces? You did that piece with De Niro, mm -hmm. the taxi driver piece. Yeah. Um, I, you do these Nicholson pieces. Um, and I also see a lot of like fear and loathing in, in, in your stuff. Were you, how are you like, were you raised in a way that you ingested a lot of movies, a lot of music? Because you seem to uh, bring a lot of that culture from your life into your work. Yeah, totally. I mean, for me, I... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I started out creating work. Like, my body of work that you guys know today is just from relating it to graffiti and street art. So I wasn't making canvas to sell. I was making graffiti and paintings for people in the neighborhood, people walking by to connect with and and like iconic images that people would enjoy looking at and that I enjoy looking at. You know, I'm I'm painting Goodfellas because it's one of my favorite movies or De Niro or you know what I'm um so it's kind of based on my graffiti and connecting with people. Sick. So, but I really, I enjoy anti-heroes. Like, you know. Uh, Taxi driver, yeah, for exactly. sure, for sure. So well. I like kind of Jack Nicholson vibe and the Joker, the new Joker I did a piece of. Did you always want to be a superstar artist? Because you, it, from what you just said, you know, painting uh, graffiti on walls and then yeah. to where you are now, was that ever on the horizon or? Yeah. I mean, I can say this now because it actually came true, but like every birthday, since I can remember as a kid, when I blow out the candles, I would say, I want to be a famous artist in museums. No way. Oh, so like every, every year I would be like, this is my wish. This Sick. is my wish. I didn't tell anyone that. And then when I had my first museum show and then I guess I was kind of known by people, I was just like, all right. Now yeah. what do you, now what do you Change wish Change your wish. Yeah. Don't I'm tell not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> do you miss anything about being uh like because that that underground like art scene like the graffiti by night like that's a that's a huge click of his own like there's there's you know books and magazines and 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 podcasts dedicated to that yeah. art form of being a, a runner on the new york you know new york streets or la streets do you do you miss anything about being uh unrecognized and being on the come up and like and trying to bust your ass yeah i mean i miss it so i had so much fun i, I remember i had this old 74 Bronco with no doors and back. And I would just fill it with paint cans and like buckets and shit like that. And the thing was trash. And I would just <laughs> roll around LA destroying the streets. Like it, it had off-road tires and it didn't have doors. So I'd literally like hop up on the curb and like graffiti out of the door and like spray paint out of the door and then like drive off to the oh, next spot. Sick. like Or like use it, like come up on the curb and stand on it to get a high spot or, you know, just not really giving a shit. And the, the LA scene presented uh, new opportunities to you. you. I mean, at that point in 2008, 2009, 2010, it was like LA was the epicenter of street art and graffiti and creativity. It was just a special moment in time. Mm -hmm. And it was before, they they call them buffers, where it's like the city where they come and they paint over your stuff. So they didn't really have a buffing squad so much in LA. So your pieces would stay up forever. So uh, that was, it was an amazing time. There's books about it and you know. That time period. That time period was very special. What's the what's the spot now? Like what's the most vibrant street art scene right now, would you say, if you had a call? Miami it? for sure, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Winwood, Miami Winwood, is like yeah. the number one spot. It's the epicenter during Art Basel, which is coming up. And I'm lucky enough to be like, have most of the walls in Winwood. Like we, we've really taken over. Admittedly, when I was a kid, I was always a bit afraid to pursue my dreams, my true dreams, because they were risky and they uh, weren't a guaranteed uh, path of success for me. But I knew I could be a good engineer. And I think a lot of kids that have that dream to become something big are, are kind of uh, deterred or scared off when they're young because society has kind of funneled people to go down a certain path. And 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 this, I was, I was even 
afraid to drop out of college to pursue a career that I had that are, had already been working for me. Even how scary is it to tell your parents, mom, dad, I'm going to go paint on walls illegally at night, or did they yeah. not know you were doing it? Like, how do you, how do yeah. you, you have the balls to pursue a career path as um, unknown and into the dark as that? Well, I mean, first of all, I kind of knew my career path from the start. Cause in high school we had uh like one of those contests where you can enter your painting yeah. and then the painting can go to an art fair and the painting won the, in class, it won the award and then went to the art fair and then sold for 500 bucks. Oh. So in high school I had 500 bucks cash. Like that's like a million dollars now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was rolling in it. So immediately <laughs> I knew I was like, bro, this is yeah. this I, 500 I, bucks cash. Like I'm good. Like yeah. I'm going to work on this. But, but once I got into graffiti and I started getting arrested a lot, my mom, like, obviously I'd get grounded and she'd be like, well, you're going to go to jail for life. Like crying, <laughs> like, cause it was really scary. Like I mean, imagine that moment when I was having an art show and my mom was helping. My mom's an amazing artist. She's the one who taught me how to paint oh, cool. and draw. Oh, there she it is. is. She's an amazing artist. Got she's it. like one of those like ladies that does those oil paintings that take like a year and it looks like exactly like the field oh, with the cows yep, and like yep. the, the French countryside type shit. Those yeah. take a year to make? You know, like, the, oh, yeah. you know, not 15 minutes. Yeah, huge okay, impulsive graffiti, you know? <laughs> so, uh... So she taught me how to paint and draw and stuff like that. And then when I started doing graffiti and like the cops were coming and she actually was helping me finish my paintings in that space when the cops were around <laughs> it. So she knew what was going on. So she was like, dude, you're She's fucked. A die. She was like, you're fucked. Like, do not like stop doing graffiti and all this stuff. Now it's like, it's so ironic that that's what yeah. made me the artist that I would never be here if it wasn't graffiti, yeah. you know? That's so. Cool. so don't, so don't listen to your mom. <laughs> so never listen to your parents. No, 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 no. Man, she must be so proud of you. She is. She's she's very proud. And the pops? Uh, you know, my dad's a little out of it. My dad was in the music business actually, which is ironic. He was the president of Columbia Records. Oh shit. For for a number of years, like he discovered like Peter Tosh and Jamaica and he was huge in the music business. So this media art stuff kind of runs in your family. Do you know the craziest thing is there's a picture of my mom and my dad on their first date at Andy Warhol's house. No Holy way. Shit. Yeah, and Andy Warhol's there. Holy shit. It's the craziest thing. That's nuts. That, that was their first date because my dad was like trying to flex that he knew Warhol. Yeah, and- yeah. That's a flex, man. That's a, <laughs> that's a serious flex. Yeah. You, you collect as well? I'm assuming you have some Warhols. I have two, yeah. But my dad had one when he divorced his first wife, who was like the richest lady in the world, Johnson & Johnson, billionaire lady. He and he just like walked away from it because he had no ego. But uh, the next guy who divorced her got like the biggest set of like 500 million or something. But more of the story, he uh, he went to Andy Warhol's house and he was super sad. And Warhol gave him a, a print of Mick Jagger and signed it like, I hope you feel better. Oh, cool. Da, da, da. Cool. But my uh, my cousin has it. So we're trying to buy it from my cousin. I don't know how my cousin. How does that? It's, it's, your, it's, your, it <laughs> it's a long story. It's not vaccinated. It's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> my dad's a little out of it now. He's selling some possession. You know, we got to work it out. My, my dad, dad sold him a truck. I got him <laughs> and then bought a motorcycle and he didn't tell me he did it. You 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 met Greg. You met Greg <laughs> Legend. At, at, on an interesting night as well. That was the <laughs> night where he told me the stories he never told me as a kid, that where I didn't realize how truly chaotic Greg Paul was. <laughs> this story. As a youth. <laughs> Bill, oh, Bill yeah. Church and Chuck Stoll, brother. Chuck Stoll. <laughs> I can't wait to meet these guys. We should bring them on the podcast. We really should. <laughs> we really should. Bill and Chuck, you're coming on. Bill, Bill and Chuck's excellent events. Bill and Ted, never mind. Why? Monopoly. 
why the monopoly? Great like question. why all of that? And I and I yeah, that's it. That was good. <laughs> why all that? I actually have a question <laughs> to parlay with that one. Nice one. See, have you ever got in trouble with them? Have they ever been like, yo, man? Doesn't, oh, yeah. With Monopoly, yeah. Okay, okay. Wait, which man, one do you want me to answer shit. first? Go one at a time. Why Mike's, I like Monopoly? he's been co-host for a lot longer than me. <laughs> okay. All right, so I'm going to be honest with this answer because I've, I mean, I obviously the story relates to itself that's out there that everyone knows, but there's also a story behind that. Ooh, so <laughs> when I was starting out, um, you know, I was out on my own, whatever. I couldn't afford the art supplies, all this stuff. I was living with this very wealthy girl. She was a young girl, pretty girl. She looked like a tall, skinny model, but she had the trust fund. And she was, you know, helping me, you know, buying my paints and all this stuff. And and in 2008, when, you know, the stock market started to crash and Bernie Madoff was stealing money from all these big New York families, she was affected immediately. So her family was affected immediately by Bernie Madoff. Oh, shit. And it went from like, yo, Alex, yo, ballin', like taking all his friends to lunch and all the art supplies you want to like, not at all. So I, so I ironically just did a drawing of Bernie Madoff uh, as Mr. Monopoly. Because it's weird. I was watching the news of Bernie Madoff getting arrested and we were playing Monopoly the game because I love the game. Jesus. So I was like, dude, this is so ironic. Like sh I should make Bernie Madoff's head on Mr. Monopoly with the money bag yeah. running away, you know, representing Wall Street and what was going on. So, so I did that drawing first. And then I was like, you know, I'm just going to do a Monopoly one. And then I was like, because I had already done graffiti writing. I had never incorporated my artwork and my drawing into my graffiti. So literally, I started that painting. I still have the first one. And I never finished it. Because that night, I was like, yo, fuck it. Let's go out in the streets and let's go fuck it up with this Monopoly shit. So literally, all I took was one black spray can and just went around LA and did a bunch of Monopolies and signed Alec. So literally like two days later, it was featured in a magazine and a newspaper, like commentary. And they named me, I didn't name myself Alec Monopoly. They just named it because I just wrote Alec and then the Monopoly man right there. Yeah. And the rest is history. That's then, Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Nuts. That's so, awesome. Shout out to Madeline. Thank you. I don't know where you're at, but. <laughs> oh, she's in an alley just <laughs> counting pennies. She goes, fuck you, bro. <laughs> Damn. I, and then. I asked you this once before too. How are there not any trademark yeah, claims or uh, copyright infringements? Honestly, because I was very smart from the beginning. So I kind of took the 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 artist business model of Andy Warhol. Oh, yeah. Andy Warhol, his first paintings that made him famous and successful were of the Campbell soup can. Yep. So basically, I kind of took that model in the fact that I'm not making merchandise of it. Mm. There's um, There was a Supreme Court case on numerous artists. I think there was one involving Mickey Mouse and um, I forget the other artist's name. But uh, so basically, if you don't make T-shirts, merchandise, if it's an original painting, you can use any trademark no basically. way wow so like i could use mcdonald's logo <laughs> yep, yep. and do whatever with it as long as i'm not making t-shirts and whatever but at the same time i have a good relationship with them and and i don't uh cross the line you know i know it's a children's game i know uh i i know i have a lot of fans that are young kids so you know i'm it's very yeah i'm very responsible how i do it i don't i don't paint monopoly uh, Smoking crack. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. I'm, I have a responsibility, yes. and I I feel like they they enjoy it because I bring rel you know I'd 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 buy some. Oh, if you oh one hundred. I'd buy some risque monopoly art. He'll never do it. Have though. you ever thought about partnering with them for an actual? I was board just game? gonna ask. 
See, that's I think where uh, <coughs> where where it's like the gray area mm. because I still do graffiti. You know, I'm not gonna say I'm. Uh, Got it. Usually I have permission, but you know. Yeah. Mm. So I mean, hopefully at some point we'll do it, but I I feel like if they put their stamp on him. You know, then it's like, is and at the same time, then every graffiti piece, people are like, is that a paid billboard for the collaboration? Oh, I see. You know what I'm saying? I see. There's a whole. Okay, interesting. So, so if you uh, if you make it just a one of one piece of art, one of one. I never make. I've never made a T-shirt with Monopoly Man. I've never made a print. Uh, a multiple. It's they're all one of a kind pieces. Now, do you do you feel? And I I never asked you this as a friend, but I'm genuinely curious. Do you feel like? Um, you could be pigeonholed potentially because you're Alec Monopoly, you know? Mm -hmm. um, do you think that, I don't know, eventually you're going to switch a style or uh, evolve into a different form of artistry? Alec Candyland? One hundred percent. No, for sure. Um, I mean, I have a whole other body of work that I've been preparing and getting ready for for the next stage in my career, cool. you know? So uh, I, I, it's funny because some of the pieces that I'm creating today, I thought of like three years ago that I never really got it done. Yep. So it's like, yep. I'm, you're already ahead of it. So yeah, I mean, in the future, I wanna work more uh, on oil paintings and like stuff where it's like, I've been working on that piece for like a year, you know? Yep. And that piece is a million dollars or whatever. Damn. So, and, and I did have one piece that was like that and uh, that I've been working on for like six months and I've been adding stuff and whatever. And then someone's like, name your price. I'm not even gonna say how much, it was a lot. <laughs> and then I sold it, but then I, now I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> why did I sell that? I spent so long on it, like should I ask more. Well, how much but you sell it for? I think it was like 200. What's the most expensive piece you've ever sold? Uh, I think it was like, I think it was 250 for a sculpture. Was. Oh, sick. See, I don't want to inflate the price so much. You know, I'm, I'm I, these artists that say, oh, they're at $3 million at auction, then they're fucked because well, not everyone has $3 million to, to spend, buy a piece. Uh, uh, you know, I just kind of do it with supply and demand. When the sh art show sells out immediately and there's nothing for sale, uh, obviously you bring up the price. Yep. So I kind of do it organically. I'm not trying to, you know, uh, get into a place where I'm not selling any, uh, it's, it's a lot of politics, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a favorite piece that you that you ever made? That piece I'm talking about. Oh, the the, <laughs> the one that you spent a lot a ton of time yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Are was. you you you're sad? You I want know. that yeah. shit back. I want it back, Damn. bro. Yo, if you're watching this episode of of impulsive rich Get man that bought that painting, can you please <laughs> consider just Give selling it back? It back? Yeah, please. Give it back. And you've gotten to meet so many cool people. I I was um taken aback at how worldly you are. You just know so many people and things and have gotten to go on the craziest experiences yeah. as an artist. So interesting, bro. Why don't you suck his dick, man? Fuck. No, but dude, <laughs> yeah, dude, what's up with that? It's just, that's so weird that you're I like, that was your job. Yeah, yeah, right? No, no, no. He's just, he's, yeah. I have, uh, I have. Uh, Present your wiener. <laughs> Present your, yeah. Present your wiener. I was we'll thinking see. about this. Um, when you said you missed the rush of being like, oh, that, well, you know, I'm like, well, you, were you in the middle? Well, well I mean, were it was kind off? of a. Does I, that feel bad when you cut somebody off, Mike? Well, I just didn't know if he had something. I, you know, I, I, I I'm so a, sorry. 
You're a worldly person. You've traveled a lot. Do you have a favorite location? Do you have a favorite party? Favorites? Like? What the? What is this, Mike? Surprise. The back of your school yearbook, Mike? Who's the most shut popular up. person in your Mike, graduating class? Shut up. <laughs> shut up. Uh, my question is, if you miss uh, the... Wait, wait, I was going to answer him. You don't wait. have to. <laughs> Where are we going with this? <laughs> yeah, answer me. Answer me. Answer okay, worldly person. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, that's what... I, Okay, Go the ahead, answer thing me, answer was me, yeah. recently I went to the palace to meet the, the Prince of Monaco. See, now we're talking. And that Absolutely. was dope yeah, because yeah, yeah. I've met the, you know, the princes of Saudi, this, that. But to go to the Prince of Monaco, to the palace, this is like real royalty. You know, you're coming into the palace. There, There's like the soldiers out front. And and he was actually the coolest guy. Like we were, because I made a painting of Grace Kelly, his mom. You know, she was the famous Hollywood actress yeah, yeah, yeah. that um, that became a princess. And cool. so I, I did a, a paint. And it was actually a painting I did live in Monaco while I was DJing. Cool. Very at, cool. At, in, in the palace. So it was nice to meet the big boss. <laughs> so we go to Monaco. Yeah. Was, was that on that same trip that we were talking about last night? The one with the boat that got canceled? No, no, no. This was, right this was recent. What did the boat do to get canceled? Oh. There's COVID restrictions. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll stick with that. that. We'll stick with that. Too many, too many people on the boat. Say uh, you're going down this road of being a DJ artist, which I find it very cool. But you were saying that you miss uh, the fact of being like new and getting in your car and doing all these things. Have you ever like wanted to make a different name and cover up the identity of it and just do different art around the street and just not label it under you? Yeah, I've thought of this, but then it's just like so much extra work. It's... It, it takes so many years to build. Well, actually, it was very quickly for me. I <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was about 22 days. Yeah. <laughs> Let me be honest with you. I was playing actually, Monopoly. My DJ career, my, my graffiti career blew up pretty quickly. Dude. But uh, I've actually thought of it, but at the same time, it's like I have so much energy. No, I was just saying to get rid of your risky ideas, to have that thrill bag, yeah. to do shit that you can't do with with your art that you're doing now. That's a good idea. Like Thank Prids, you. dude, to bring it back <laughs> to the DJ. Thank man. <laughs> Alec, to bring it back to the DJ, like Prids has uh, Prida and like two, what he has, like three different like yeah. uh, monikers or like uh, I mean, surnames. Diplo has Major Laser and all that shit. Well, that's yeah. a group. What's him? It's He's in the group. Yeah. It's like NSYNC, but with DJs. First yeah. of all, nothing's yeah. like NSYNC. You do that again, that's blasphemous. You look like you're in NSYNC. Right I now. wish. I look like I'm like Lance <laughs> that just gained a few pounds. I, I, I'm fat. Now. Here he goes again with fat shaming. Stop himself. fat shaming yourself. You guys called me a rhombus. I had to Google that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Your head is we just a perfect a, building block. Roblox. Yeah, you're, you're Roblox. You're Roblox. I'm fasting now, yeah. You're fasting. Yeah, nice work. You, you really, you're really, you're you're terrified of this new you. I'm not, I don't like it, bro. I don't like it. <laughs> bro, you gained like three pounds. Look at I Quinn. I gained 13. Look at Quinn. But no, He's listen, the reason block. I don't like it is because it just snuck up on me. It all hid here, man. It just, I didn't know. You got the turkey neck uh, okay. going? I do. What? Now, Alec, I'm, I'm impressed yeah. actually with your uh, commitment to fitness. You you always finding a way to go to the gym. Heck, even today we worked out. Me and Alec worked out. Yeah, you guys yeah, worked out. Dude, but also, we were up to like five a.m. just <laughs> drinking and <laughs> listening to Mike DJ. Like I was, I was cooked today, dude. Yeah, and I had to drive to San Juan to get my passport. But your commitment to health is actually uh, is remarkable. That's why it's nice having you guys. Because like. Coming to train with you guys when you were getting ready to fight Mayweather, I was there every day yeah. with you guys. Yeah, and it's uh, it's fun. I I enjoy it. How is your lifestyle? You'd say in general healthy. Like you you drinking, you partying, smoking, not sleeping a lot. Um, I would say it's healthy when I'm in Puerto Rico. Mm. <laughs> I don't know about the DJ tour life. It's not. It's, it's not, so funny. It's not dude. a wholesome atmosphere. I don't think, but. <laughs> Dude, you, Sorry, you, Mom. You, you, popped, <laughs> you popped up as much there, too, as, as you did in the art, 
art world as fast, dude. Like you just started DJing and I swear to God, I was next to you DJing with Afrojack at <laughs> PhD the other night. How deep are you into your DJ career? He's a fucking he's a month stadium. And a half. He's yeah. a stadium <laughs> selling DJs and one of the biggest global DJs. Like, and you're literally like, yeah, Afrojack asked me to spin next to so a PhD tonight. And it really happened. I was actually really nervous to DJ with him. And then it was like, it was cool. It. We were just going with the flow. He was like, I gotta play some of the hits here and there. And like, you know, I was playing my techno, you know, deep house, 100%. stuff like that. But uh I saw some of his original stuff coming out. It's pretty good. Yeah, I have some original music. Yeah, you yeah so that. you're leaning yeah. into it. You, yeah. And 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 uh, I know this that you're taking lessons. Like you're working with someone to to producers, yeah, DJ, teach. all of that. It's why you're great. It's why yeah, you're you great. You have to work at it. I know, know, but everyone misses that step, and it's cool. It's one of the coolest things about being on this island is seeing everyone really doing their own thing and living in that own their own environment yeah. and and you can you can so easily here see the ingredients for success and there's like a through line for all of it like the fact that you're going behind the scenes to to uh improve your skill yeah is is it's it's that that secret recipe secret ingredient everyone forgets about well for me i'm i'm not afraid to like call someone and ask them for help mm. or learn you know what i'm saying like oh i want to learn uh, watercolor. I mean, I know how to watercolor paint, but I want to get better at it. Yep. I'm, a, I'm like, I'm the type of guy who's like, okay, to call someone who's a pro at watercolors and say, could you come over and teach me a little bit? You yep. know, I don't have an ego with that. Yeah, you don't yep. wrestle with pride. Yeah, I, I have no ego with that. So I'm, I'm always learning on. That's, I think that's the most important part of, about being an artist is growing and developing and learning. Mm -hmm. You know, by the time you end your career, look at Picasso. His paintings were amazing. I mean, he was a little lazy in the end, but. They were amazing. <laughs> so I saw a tweet the other day. Someone was like, dude, I a little lazy. I would have touched up a little bit. They said, uh, I thought Pablo Picasso was from the 1500s. Didn't that dude die? He died in 1972. Did you know that, Georgie? 1972? Yes, Pablo Picasso. Same year I was born. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't who, think who, who are you watching? Any artists? Mm, not really. I mean, uh, you have so a, focused on my own work that I'm but, not really. But still, I know I know you collect. Like, uh, you watch Banksy at all or pay attention yeah, to Yeah, of course. I mean, he's like the, he's the godfather of all of this. Uh, so he's the one who kind of made street art a real school of art. So it's like, now street art is finally accepted. Like, when I first started, galleries were like, oh, you're a street artist? You know, oh, street art? Uh, but like, now it's accepted as a school of art. So the school of art is the period of, time period so say vincent van gogh was the creator of modern art and then there was cubism impression you know yep. there was pop art new york school of art and then now there's street art yep so that's like a whole school of art and then i guarantee the next thing is going to be digital art nfts let's oh, talk about exactly. it exactly <laughs> I, I had to i, I had didn't to. mean to go there nah we're here but no, that is no, the thank god <laughs> our audience our audience just clicking off the video I just, I don't, I, listen, I don't get, my buddy called me and he goes, hey man, I have 500 to play with NFTs. What do you got for me? I know you hang out with the boys. They can give you a little insight. And I go, I go, what? And he goes, yeah, I got 500. I go, 500 what? He goes, 500,000, let's get it. I'm like, you're spending fucking $500,000 on an, uh, something you'll never touch. No, well, ask, you'll never touch it. Is he interested in the own one project by any chance? We actually have uh, one that we can do. <laughs> We can offload too. I don't know, man. To me, I like your type of art where I could see it, touch it. And if yeah. it's in my house, it's only here. You get what I'm saying? I feel yeah. like it gives you some, it's something rare. You can't just open up your phone and screenshot. That's it. what I was going to ask, Alec. Digital art, your take on it. You're, you're, a, you're a brushstroke artist, dude. 
I'm feet a on the ground. Artist too. You're on. You're in the trenches. I, I made my I, honestly. I made an NFT in two, 2019. What? Yeah. No, like with the intention of it being sold as a piece of digital art. Yes, it was for Leonardo DiCaprio's foundation, and th uh, this guy comes up to me and he's like, "Dude, you got this blockchain or whatever." I'm like, "What the fuck are you even talking about, bro?" I'm like, <laughs> "Shut up! Like, this, shut up. Like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard." And he's like, "Everyone's doing it. Like, I've got this celebrity, this guy, that guy." I'm like. All right, just like give me the iPad and I'll fucking do this thing. And you did it. And I did it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is around. People, it's like been bought and sold like five times. Oh my god. Okay. I, and it, the Incognito Project. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, shut up. <laughs> shut that up. That is not an official Alec Monopoly piece, by the way. <laughs> That's fucked up, bro. You're you're being used a lot. Your, a lot your name and likeness is being used a lot. And I, I thought you were part of that project. And just yesterday, you were like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Another reason why I don't like NFTs. No. Shut That's up, Peter Schiff. <laughs> no, but go, go buy some gold Schiff. with your extra money. I saw I saw a hilarious tweet about Peter Schiff. It's from Lolly, the company Lolly. This great is, company. He lives above me. He's a great guy. We love him. He's a, he's a he does he does live right above you, right? The yeah. kids call well, him a boomer. He owns the the unit above me. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it's like. Oh, he's all sometimes. super smart. Look at, look at, look at. Peter Lolly tweeted this. Peter Schiff when gold was eighteen hundred dollars. Peter Schiff when gold is eighteen hundred dollars. <laughs> it's the same. Fifty years ago and today, gold's gold's it's moved sideways a little bit for the past couple centuries. Uh, yeah. they, they, like, they toast him, bro. Look at look at young Peter Schiff. We love this guy. That's Peter Stiff. This is Peter Stiff. And this is Peter Schiff. Has he been on the podcast? Yeah, yeah dude, he did great. We had a great episode. It. He crushed it. He, he made a lot of good points. I actually sold all my uh, crypto because of Peter. I'm, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I would, I I would like, never. Damn. I would never. So I was like, what? Wow. He's like, I'm all in. No, 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 no. You're diversifying your portfolio. You're a big land guy. You got a nice plot of land here in PR, right? Yep. You got to be smart with your money. Yeah, I mean, Puerto Rico real estate has gone, I mean, as you can Parabolic. see. Lucky you, dude. <laughs> Your unit is, is, could potentially sell for what do you think right now? Um, I mean, I got offered like $10 million for it. I paid $2.8 and I wanted to take it, but there's nowhere to move to. Yeah. So say you sell it for $10 million, then you're going to, to rent the same unit I'm in is at least 50 to 60K a month. Yeah. So it's like, uh, there's nowhere to go. What about the metaverse? Would you would you go there potentially? Oh oh oh! <laughs> like, get me out of here! Get me out of this bullshit! Do you, do you know anything about the? I know, and I almost bought a piece of land on it like a while ago. I should have done it. You're you're ahead of the curve on a lot of stuff. I, I'm sorry, I didn't finish that NFT conversation. I got distracted, and I am a bit hungover today. I can't really form thoughts fully. <laughs> uh, it's bad. It's bad. It's okay. Thank God for that coffee. But do you have a? Uh, do you have a take or a feeling about non-fungible tokens or digital art in general? For sure, I see it as the future. I mean, whether we like it or not, it's the future because I'm already seeing billionaires and collectors of mine building huge LED NFT walls no way. and staircases yeah. and features and galleries in their houses. My gallery is in their new Dubai location is making an NFT section in the gallery mm. where you can literally go there and see your nft on the wall on a screen obviously and buy it like in art basel this year 
we're, I, I don't want to jump the gun with saying it, but we're going to do an event where I'm launching a new NFT and we're going to have huge screens and installations cool. with them. But I think the next step is integrating the original art with the NFT art. How do you see that happening? So like, say you have a, a sculpture, one of my sculptures has a screen installed into it that has that NFT art inside the sculpture. So you sell both of them as a package. Oh, that's cool. That's how, I mean, that's how I see uh, value and likeness. But it's for sure the next step. Like I said, there was street art, cubism, digital art is the next form. Yep. And and it's so funny because I, I'm i gonna admit, I was a hater of it. Like say five, 10 years ago, these digital artists that I would see making this art on iPads for fucking three weeks making one piece, I'm like, what a waste of time. Like you should be drawing like, cause a lot of my friends, they draw on their iPad, they, their sketches. Yep. I do all my sketches on paper and I keep all the sketches cause they're worth, you know, 10 K for a little yep. sketch. But now that I'm seeing the NFTs and the final project, like the final product becoming worth something. Now I'm appreciating it more. So, <laughs> so interesting. It's so interesting to see art, just everything evolve, but art especially. Cause so it, quickly too. So quickly. It was overnight. It was like in two weeks, these digital artists became superstars. Nuts. It's it's kind of the time frame we're living in now. Everything's happening so quick, so quickly. People, people, dude. Oh my God. People, dude. people in, in what? A year became one of the highest grossing living artists yeah. on the planet. Are you fucking kidding it's like me? It's like it feels like a That's time. Insane. It feels like a timing thing too, because it's just that that whole like space is so rife with like money. Yeah. Or sorry, with with crypto with coins that they're like, I think a lot of them just look at them as like chips that they can't take out of the casino. So they're like, yo, I have eight thousand ETH that I bought in 2017 for sixty-two dollars. I think I'll drop two hundred of them yeah. on the people. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> mm -hmm. it just doesn't matter. It's like it, and so it, 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 to, to kind of, to, to shifts direction and, and it, to his point, it's going to be interesting to see what happens as things continue to, to, to play out, you know, and as the, the field kind of like levels out. Cause right now it's, you know, there's a lot of people with a lot of money in that space to just blow yeah. on whatever, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, one of my good friends that I met, I mean, I met him maybe, uh, eight months ago in Dubai, his name's Harry Yeh. He's like a, he's this guy from Canada, Asian guy, like genius. He can work like 10 computers at once. And he get, he set me up with my first crypto account and gave me a uh, phantom coin when it was 13 cents. He gave me like 35K in it. And now it's at like $3 or something like that. It's almost a million bucks. Sick. And he's a billionaire now. He's ordered like four yachts. He, he <laughs> bought three Bugattis and brought them to the conference that he brought me to. Like I've seen this guy become a billionaire in front of my eyes. But it's not like this guy's not gambling. This guy graduated Stanford at 16. He's a prodigy. He knows computers. Yep. So it, it goes to say like it's not just gambling. There's a science to it. Like, like say Beeple. It's not like he blew up over two weeks. This guy was probably eating shit for years, just years. making oh, yeah. digital decades. art, oh, decades. not decades, making digital art when people are saying, what are you doing? You should be making canvas paintings. And now he's the king of the world yep. and he's made more than all of us yep. who are making canvas paintings for 50K years ago. So it, it's not like uh, people think that they can just buy Shiba Inu and it's just like, <laughs> it's gonna blow up. Like there's a science to it. And like, if you work hard at it, you, these people don't come out of nowhere. Yeah, you know exactly. Well, Beeple's was what first five thousand, five thousand, five thousand days in a row. First five thousand days. I, yeah. I think I think more than that. I I just know he definitely did five thousand days in a row. And what is and what is that? What creating is that? a new 15, piece is of that, digital art. How many? 
How many years is that? Is that 15 years? 5,000 days in a row. Oh, wait, no, I'm Jesus, I fucked up big time. No, no, I did horrible math. Thirty-six. Oh wait, is it or is it like twelve, thirteen? It's years? something. I told David. I can't give it to us. quite deal with numbers. I feel like maybe I wasn't even that far off. Is David paying attention? Because wouldn't ten years be thirty-five thousand divided by three sixty-five? Thirteen years. Yeah, thirteen yeah. years wow. every day for that guy, people. He deserves he's all. He's like of it. he's like the Banksy of. Yeah, uh, yes, he is. He is. He's the Banksy of digital art. He, he definitely. You know what I'm saying? And he deserves is. everything he's got. That guy. He's oh, fuck. That's he so just cool. sold his uh, the other piece. The first. What's it called? Human the, one. Human one. Twenty nine million dollars. Square box. <laughs> yeah, one? the box. <laughs> yeah. Wow, and like you can tap into the Wi-Fi on it, and dude, dude, this is insane. Yes, he can update the art. You can change the art and it's still from the hand of people. And he he's he can do it based on current events. Like there's the human in the box. So for those of you listening who don't know what the piece is, it's like a it's like a six foot, seven foot tall giant spinning four box. Four sides, right? Yep, four sides worth it with a human walking through it that people made and it's walking through um space he's on the moon right now or something nah, he, well, he can be it can be nighttime right, it can be right, daytime right. And, and he's, he's changing it at all times exactly yeah. he's like yo if there are, if there's like forest fires going on in the world and i want to have the guy walking through the fire at, at one point like i could do that instantly and beam it to the buyer's house like i just want to know what he's doing with this like 29 I, dude, million I, 150 like me i'd have a new yacht a new <laughs> private jet like what know, is he like, doing with that money what do you do <laughs> when you come up on that much money that, that quick people what are you doing i love watching <laughs> the scene of him when he finds out like when when he sees how much he yeah. made like it's like him with his no life. you could you could see him he doesn't care about the money no 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 but you could you could see him eventually like when his that 70 million piece uh, dollar piece sold um, you could see him, it, it hits 20 million and he's like, whoa. And then 50 million, he's like, yeah. what the, and then eventually he just stops. He gives up trying to comprehend. Yeah. Right, right, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Cannot he's like, fuck it, I'm good for life. <laughs> How like, much is he worth now? I mean, he's had a couple massive fucking sales. I mean, bro, I mean, those two pieces alone that yeah. we just talked about is a hundred million dollars. And those are the ones we know about. Yeah, Imagine sure. the shit we don't know about that's going on. And he's still making every days. He goes to the dinner with you. He's like, you want to split this? You're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I wish every guy would get money and be like the guy Harry Yeh I was telling you about. Like literally he like became a billionaire. He ordered three yachts. Yeah. He, he brought two Bugattis into the conference. There was like this new Lamborghini Centurio. There was like two, three million. He's like, I want it now. And like, it literally just showed up. I'm like, this guy literally just bought this right now. Wow. Like, now he's, you in, know, like, now he's in the back alley with Matt. And he's like, here's a hundred grand, bags. Alec. I'm going to give it to you in different grip. Like that guy knows how to do it right. I love his name. <laughs> you you got to meet him. He's a special guy. He's a very you amazing guy. Shout out to you him. like to have some fun. Of course, of course. That was that was actually the coolest thing about you that I learned. This is you're you're you're, you're a madman. You got that side too. You 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 go fast on bikes. You shoot guns. You uh, <laughs> uh you go off roading. You're like us, bro. You fish. <laughs> that's when we hit. I think that's when we hit it off immediately. Is when I was like, should we go on the quads and like yeah. I'll take you to the trail? Yeah. And then we're like passing by like burnt cars and dead bodies and like. <laughs> 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 It's just burnt cars there. Yeah, Everybody burnt cars. Burnt cars. <laughs> Why is it only you can only get a laugh from David? Because <laughs> you, you're, you're a dark, you're a dark German. German. <laughs> we cut that anyway. Right? Not, no, 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 not at all. No. <laughs> all of it stays. So when you, so <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs>
We should just come back to him saying that. He's, he's, listen, a lot's changed, right? He's, he, <laughs> That's so funny. Wait, yeah, yeah, so... <laughs> A lot's changed. Yeah, 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 yeah. You no, do? but I'm not. <laughs> Those trails are dangerous back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The trails are dangerous. Let's just move on. The trails are dangerous. Let's 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 move on. So we're we're going out tonight. Oh, I wish Harry Yay was coming with us, dude. Uh, me too. Yeah. And he spends in the club. Oh, really? His after parties are amazing. Very colorful. You, got, you, you see any? Um, Dark, ever hadn't seen any dark sides to the partying lifestyle? One hundred percent. I was a victim of the dark side of the party. I just I wanted. I was going to ask you up front, but I didn't know what you felt. <laughs> no, I was. Did you elaborate on that? I was. Bit? I was sober for like two years. Yep. I uh, I overdid it and uh, it caught up with me and. What happened? Because I, I think I'm headed there. I think <laughs> no, the no, problem was. There. I think the problem was, and it's a it's a big problem in America, is these doctors that will over prescribe prescription drugs. I think this is a big problem. Mm -hmm. Like these guys are just ready to write you anything. Yep. And uh, and you know, and then you get hooked on uh, say your back pain is killing you, and you're taking these pills all day long, and then you're dependent on that. And for me, I don't want to be dependent on anyone or anything. Mm. So like, uh, that's when uh, so you know. Was it a, a, a pain medication? Yeah, it was it oh, was obvious. Uh, yeah, Percocets. Yeah. So I was uh, I was taking like three a day, and then like at one point I was traveling, and I lost them, and like it was just like I lost my life. You know what uh. I'm saying? Like I was like getting sick, and I was like freaking out, and ended up flying home to to get more. Oh. And I was like, dude, I just like flew home from the beautiful south of France. Saint-Tropez to go get more painkillers because they don't have them in Europe. And I was like, this is the end of it. This is fucking it. And then, uh, yeah, I checked into like a rehab facility and it honestly changed my life. That's, I was a different person before then. Like I was, I had an ego. I wasn't grateful in life. You know, I didn't really. You were a slave to it. Exactly. So, but it taught. But what you're saying is, it taught you everything. It taught you, me yeah. so many lessons, and it taught me an even greater lesson is just like not to hold grudges with people. Like I forgive people immediately because like you being mad at someone is just like fucking with your head. Mm. Yeah, it's worse you know? for you than it it's is worse for you because yeah. all day long you're like fuck that guy, and like he doesn't know you're thinking that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unforgiveness yeah. keeps them in control. That's yeah. like a big quote. New stat yeah. today, as of the uh, as of today, like just before I read it, just before we came onto the podcast, a hundred thousand Americans died of uh, drug overdoses this year, more wow. than more than car accidents and uh, gun violence combined. Just mind blowing. I know it's and it's a dark stat, it's, but I just, it's, I, no, you know, not it's not enough people are talking about. It. It's not getting the attention it deserves, and you know, it's it's all COVID and this and that, and um, it you know, every year it goes up by twenty, thirty thousand Americans, and they and they're just forgotten, and no one talks about it. It's just a, it's a sick, fucked up uh, pharma money driven situation. Yeah, exactly. Because in Europe, there's there's no issues with I this. Know. You can't go get Percocets from, they're just like, dude, take a Tylenol. Yeah. <laughs> take an extra strength yeah, Tylenol. Fine. Like, why do you need to get so high from a like, yeah. Unless your limb is severed. No, like, I've no. got Demerol because my leg was off my body. Yeah, you know but like, you like, had like, a little backache. Yeah, like, like, no, dude. Like, go take a Tylenol 800, you pussy. Yeah, I'm so glad you guys say that because growing up, I thought my mom was like losing her fucking mind. I had one wisdom tooth, only one. Don't say any jokes. I know where you guys are going with this. I only had one. Where and, are we going, George? And they <laughs> only have one wisdom tooth. <laughs> I was not going to make a single joke about you being a dumbass. <laughs> but now I did. 
because you brought it up. It's the same reason I call you fatty, bro. I wouldn't have said no, no, a thing. No, no, no. You call me a rhombus, bro. No, no. He called you a rhombus. I said your head looks like the foundation of a building. Cornerstone. It does. <laughs> you can't even get mad at them. No, they're, they're making bro. valid points. But when I got my wisdom tooth taken out, they give you um, painkillers. Yeah. My mom mm -hmm. wouldn't let me take it. She Good. like cut it into like 10 10 percent and then gave it to and me. took it all herself she, she <laughs> cut it into 10 no, into 10 she went, it was weird she's like how's your tooth honey <laughs> no, no but I, I was never allowed to take advil growing up i was never allowed to take right, well, no now. i'm not kidding they didn't want me to get used to this because a lot of kids <laughs> that's a little fucking can you imagine weird. being addicted to advil it's like yo you got any more than ibuprofen dog <laughs> no they didn't so they didn't true. want me to rely on things they want they because they they saw how the school was just sending me to the nurse and all these kids were just getting advils or like just uh, ibuprofen and shit like that at school. And she didn't like the fact- Who's gonna, who's gonna tell them that? That's like, a, that's like a- That's like getting a milk carton. So I was like, what do you- Counter, just go she, walk I guess in. they didn't want it to grow into anything. The, well, I don't get how Advil could grow into anything. It's, it's yeah, not man, a seed. It's been a long trip for me, dude. Started off with Motrin. <laughs> Look where it ended, Mike. <laughs> Can you- You bro. got one headache and then you ended up in the Nally. Oh, the fucking hospital <laughs> gave me Oxy-40, bro. OCs. Can you imagine all major addiction stems from over-the-counter Advil? You what don't know? What did you do? What if you... it's like, man, this headache went away. I wonder if I could get rid of this. Ah, more pills, Pop. See? I, I, I actually won't take pills, uh, the the pain medications after Smart. after surgery. No, because no, I just sure. know, I, I have an addictive personality, Smart. too. I, I, I just said that. So you're, we're not talking about ibuprofen, George. But my grandmother saying, takes that. Kid, She's 12 when I was pounds. a kid, she didn't want me to rely on it. Because when I'm an adult now, I don't do that. I don't like for today I got I'm not even gonna go back. Dog, there's but there's levels to it. Like when I got hit by a, a Toyota at full speed <laughs> on a bicycle and shattered my skull, I needed something. Like, like there's a there's a, a level of pain that becomes torture if you don't take a painkiller. And by the way, when that happened. I didn't take a painkiller because it was post getting clean. Oh. And so I actually still, even with blood squirting out of the back of my fucking head, I told them, no, I don't, I can't take it. Are you monitoring your behavior at all these days? Yeah. I mean, I had a root canal recently and it was amazing. They <laughs> prescribed me. Are you relapsing? Like you go this way. Are you relapsing <laughs> right now? What are you talking about? <laughs> I, Wait, why are you giggling like that? No, I mean, um, <laughs> what are you talking about? he's like, guys, we got a problem. Yeah, no, I mean, I do. I, I think um, I think addiction is a disease and it runs in your family. And for sure, I got it from my dad because mm. my dad drinks a lot and his dad had a problem. So I think it's a hereditary thing for sure. No, it absolutely Addictive is. personalities. But I realized this people that it could go both ways because a lot of successful people will say, yo, my father was like this or my mom was like this. I didn't want to be like that. Or my brother was like for this. Sure. Or I was like this and I got mm. out of it. For example, Mike, the, uh, I think it has to do with just focusing. I think our minds are made to focus on one thing and just go 100 in. So when you're like into drugs, you're like, oh shit, I'm 100% into yeah. this. So I think this is dangerous. If you're going to be successful and be focused, it could be double yeah, do you, sword. You know, off that point, that is, it is a really, really strong point. Do you, do you feel like you, uh, as you moved out of that addiction, you found yourself just addicted to your work? For sure. I mean, I've always been addicted to my work. That's why I've been so successful because I was graffitiing on every single street corner, street light, even on the ground and stuff like that. So I think that's what's, uh, 
attributed to my success. Like if I wasn't an addictive person, I didn't have all these problems and all this fucked up stuff going on my head. I wouldn't be where I'm at. I would just be a regular guy. A lot of artists are like that. You know that we thought we had this a couple episodes ago. That trauma man is, is, you know, the trauma, the trauma man. man. He's he's like the boogeyman for trauma. But I I mean, there's nothing that I would want to hear more. If I was a a audience member that was like uh, going through some shit right now, watching impulsive, that that is what built me. It's what built you. It's what is building it. Like if you can make it, if you can make it out of that hole, what a, what a, a growth process. Like, honestly, if, if you can make it out, Gives you everything. Well, it takes a lot of work and dedication to get you out of that hole. So when you're out and you're like, okay, I'm with everybody. You're like, I still have this hustle mentality. You have to focus that energy somewhere. And this is where you do. But it's also too, it's just everything that you learn about life being in that place. It just changes you. Yeah. When you have have nothing, your your back's against the wall and it it teaches you empathy for other people that are in that position. It teaches you everything. And it's not just addiction. It's not just this or that. It could be any kind of struggle or trauma in life. And the struggles are your best teachers. There's no teacher like going through some shit that you don't know if you could beat. It's the best. It's the best professor in the fucking world you should you should clip that and post on your instagram (laughs) (laughs) that one clip from impulsive is is fucking gets posted a million times a day (laughs) the way he closed his eyes and said that though so (laughs) i want you to clip why is that girl gold can we get a pan or no 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 fuck it was i asked why did i point it out if we were you know what she's never gonna depreciate you guys should invest (laughs) We got to show the girl. Yo, Peter Schiff is going to come over here and just rip her out. This is what I'm talking about, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Peter, don't talk like that. We got to show the girl. Is he a fucking 1960s gang (laughs) Chicago gang member? This is what I'm talking about, baby. I love Peter, dude. I love Peter Schiff. He's he's a guy. He's a guy. I I didn't know you guys got so close. We did it. He just came on the pod. Uh, (laughs) But, But then we had, you know, you sit down with someone for an hour and a half. You listen to him talk and. Two hours. He had really good points. He had really good points. Second longest podcast, damn near. I mean, he's not where he's at for nothing. I mean, he's a very successful guy. Exactly, exactly. All right, so what's, I mean, what's up? What's up? We going out tonight? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We going out out tonight? I have a girlfriend, bro, so. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. You ever pretend your dog's ears are are, um, the things that you use to save someone's life? (laughs) Clear. Defibrillators. Yeah. I'm happy you didn't I was thinking Flint. He's like, stop pretending my ears are flint, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what he said. Hey, man. These aren't defibrillators. They're ears. <laughs> All right. We're done, probably. <laughs> Yo, that was good. That was fun. Alec, Alec, thank you, yeah. bro. Thank you, bro. Yeah, thanks for coming on Impulsive. I mean, it's the number one podcast in the world. I can't make this shit up. Uh, if they want to follow you on Instagram, where can they do that? Alec Monopoly. He's great. If you guys see him in, uh, in person and he comes to your city to do a show, make sure to be there. I, uh, I I make it a, uh, a point to go to every one of your shows front row with a sign that says I Heart Alec. <laughs> Guys, hit you that actually start button. DJing too. <laughs> Sometimes. Remember, you were like, which button? I'm like, okay, that. Turn a knob. <laughs> Turn one knob. Uh, I'm very grateful for your friendship. We're done. We're done with the podcast. Bye. Nice. <laughs> very grateful for your friendship. We're done with the podcast. I love that Bye. ending. Well, this is the end. The ending too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you got smoked. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.